Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Welcome back. Last week we talked about how Mandy and I are bringing to our community Sense of Soul on Wheels, where you can come and do a little shopping for your soul. And on Saturday was our grand opening. And it was so incredibly fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was really nervous and we were both really tired. We've been working really hard and we were a little stressed, but, but it was good to get into the flow of it and see that I really feel like it's going to be successful. And we had so much support and I wanted to take time to thank everyone in the community that came out to see us. I have to tell a story. It was really funny. Station 13 showed up in the big fire truck and parked right in the parking lot. And the owner of CT Cairo and the girl who had planned the event were panicking inside, apparently. Like, (laughs) oh my God, are they in trouble? Are we going to get in trouble because there are trucks out there? We asked the owner. And so uh, a friend of ours was inside and goes, oh no, I don't think so. I think that's her friend. And it was. It was John Woodruff and Station 13, and they came out, walked in our truck, and had some cookies, and congratulated us, and it was just so awesome to have that support. I know. That is so cool. They are so great. Yeah, and all of our friends and family and the new faces, I met some really awesome people. I love how Kelly Schrode said one of her very first friends in kindergarten was at our truck, and yeah, we met her. connections. And all these connections. Yes, it yeah. was so fun. Very successful day. Thank you guys. Shout out to everyone that came out, and shout out to Ashley for putting on that event. It was super fun, and yeah, thanks. What I found was to be so amazing is that as I sat in the truck for a few hours, I forgot that I was even in a truck. And when I'd go outside the truck, it was just, it dawned on me. I'm like, wow, we did a really good job. Yeah. And later on, as I reflected on our day, I had this moment. It just felt like community to me. Yeah. And it really made me think about my dad. I know I've talked a lot about my dad on this podcast, but he passed away a few years ago. He was a business owner in our community And I worked for him for, gosh, probably like 20 years plus. Even Mandy worked for him. Everyone did. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But there were so many things about our truck that reminded me of Coach's Choice, except for the fact that we were a lot more organized. True. But it did. People did not just go there to buy stuff. They they were there to hang out. Mm -hmm. And And learn and laugh and (laughs) drink beer. (laughs) And it was an experience. It wasn't just you go in, buy something, and leave. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew everything about his products. He knew he's the only one who knew where anything was. <laughs> he knew all of his customers by first name. And at Coach's Choice, you would often see that customers would often be helping other customers. I remember they this. and having a good time talking amongst each other. Uh, we had people in our truck that were were comforting each other and talking and, you know, sharing stories. And it just was beautiful. I was was. like, this is exactly what I wanted. I love that. Yeah, I I got to have some really um, deep conversations with people. And that's what means a lot to me because when you go into a big corporation or a big store in the mall, it's very surface. You're not going to, you know, touch someone. Oh, yeah, they say the same thing. You know, did you find everything you were looking for? Yeah. And they they actually don't even listen to your response. (laughs) How are you automatic? Right. Yeah, so that was awesome that we got to really get to know some people and pick out some product for them that fit 
some needs of theirs that they were looking for on a personal level. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I love the silly Christmas hats and laughing on the side of the truck doing selfies. And yeah, yeah. your daughter and my daughter were amazing help. Yes, and... they kicked ass. <laughs> yes, they are amazing girls. So, I, you know, there is a learning curve. I Packing, we lost some product on the way home. The truck was like boom, boom, boom. And I lost some yep. coffee mugs. We but will just live and learn. Tiny, tiny little things. Otherwise, it was just absolutely amazing. So, yeah, it really was. Yeah. And shout out to your husband. He really did help us out a lot. Mm-hmm. So today's subject um, is one that Mandy and I found it hard to believe that we haven't even done it yet because it's such a big part of my life and Mandy's. And, you know, not a lot of people are familiar with it, but I feel like it's becoming more popular here in the West. And this is Reiki. Yeah, I can remember actually calling it Reiki. Um, <laughs> you like know my brother a... actually asked me if I use a rake. <laughs> or a key. <laughs> I'm like, no, that was some sort of massage method where you would maybe take a rake. So although the practice of Reiki has only been around for a few hundred years, people healing with different energy modalities through the healing hands is nothing new. The method of Reiki that we're going to be discussing today is actually the original method. It's called Yusui Reiki, and it's named after the founder of Reiki. And by definition, Reiki means universal light energy. So Rei meaning think of light, right? And then mm-hmm. Ki is energy. Together. Light energy. It is, and it's universal. It doesn't mean that it's one religion or one origin. It was founded in Japan, and there are many stories about the founder of Reiki that say that he studied many different religions and many different healing modalities. And how he came up with this method was through his own journey. We will read a little bit about, his name was Matsao Yusui. He was born in Japan on the 15th of August in 1865. And throughout his lifetime, he, like Shanna said, studied lots of different religions, but he studied Buddhism, martial arts, and other ancient Japanese uh, meditation and healing techniques. It is even said that he also studied Christianity and other religions. And he traveled all over the world, and he went to Europe, and he went to China, and he was really into getting to know like medicine, psychology, and other religions, just trying to put it all together. This mm-hmm. is his purpose. Find his purpose. Life. Yes. So that's when he decided to go to the sacred mountain, Karama. And where, when he was there, he underwent like this very strict spiritual practice that involved meditating and fasting for 21 days. Can you imagine fasting for 21 days? Oh my God. Just yeah. reading that makes me hungry. At the end of the period, they said that he would either die or become enlightened, and he became extremely enlightened. So at the end of his 21 days, he experienced a strong sensation. It was as if he was like struck with lightning. I kind of picture that like he almost like God came to him and was like, here you go. Here's right. the yeah. message. He saw this white light over his head. It filled him with this enjoyable state of vitality and spiritual energy. And in that moment, he started seeing this Reiki energy and he was given this vision on how to use it and teach others to use it. And after this awakening that he had, 
he understood that his purpose in life was to become a healer and that his life purpose was to share his enlightenment and what he was enlightened with. He went on to open a Reiki clinic in Tokyo where he passed on the Reiki Roho healing system to his students and started treating other people. And so how this started was through a lineage. So Mm -hmm. he was the founder, and so then it goes from one person to the next, and it was actually a woman named Takata. And she was the first person who brought this to the United States. And wasn't she from Hawaii? Hawaii. Yes, Yes. she brought it through Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So she brought this here to Hawaii. She opened the first Reiki clinic. And do you know back then, Reiki training was about $10,000. Well, you know what? I think it should still be because it is like God sent, literally. It is. And yeah, and it's so special. Find that Reiki. It's to help you identify what's going on in your body. You can connect to this whether you're receiving Reiki or not, but Reiki will help guide you. Well, and I think it's important to explain to our listeners that, and we've said it before too as well, that we are energy. We yeah. are made of energy. Right, which is the word Reiki. Yes. Is, right, it means light, it means energy. So you know, a lot of people, including myself, never considered myself an energy being. I was so ego, I just thought of myself as this physical being. Physical in your mind, mm-hmm. but we are a soul. Yes. So the soul is energy. It's something that is is infinite. I love what Rumi said. He said the cure for pain is in the pain. And this is Reiki to me because I believe that if you identify what is happening within your body, you will find that your pain is just a message or a SOS sign. (laughs) Help. (laughs) I need attention here. And there within that you can find the cure. Mm -hmm. So Reiki is a very deep healing. I almost feel like it's an art. And it's a holistic healing. A it lot is. of people don't understand that it, it isn't like something where we're healing you. You're actually healing yourself. Yes, it's a safe and natural, effective form of healing. And I believe, and I say this all the time, it's a healing from the inside out. And while it is spiritual in nature... It is completely Mm non-denominational. It has no religion whatsoever. You know, I'm not healing anybody when I'm giving Reiki. You're just assisting them and facilitating them and helping themselves. That's right. And with my best intentions. And of course, when you do see someone for Reiki, you want to make sure that it is a qualified Reiki practitioner, has great intentions. Reiki really helps to channel the flow of your energy, and it also helps you balance and it can even help you clear unprocessed trapped emotional baggage. And this then allows you space to connect with your soul and your purpose. So connecting the dots between your body and your mind and soul is what Reiki can help do. And I added Reiki to my practice. And I have to say that I find that my clients have longer results with Reiki. But I have been using different energy modalities for over 10 years now, and this is the one modality that when I was taught to use this, the very first level of Reiki is about self-healing. It's the only one. Mm-hmm. The rest of them just go straight into you working on someone else. But this is the one modality that makes you heal within first before you're able to move on to the next. Mm, I love that. Oh, it's so important because when I was practicing other modalities, I was getting sick. And because I'm an empath, I was taking on their physical pain as well. Reiki is pure, unconditional love and joy, bringing all who experience and embrace its principles together in harmony. 
Mandy, what are the five principles? Just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will not be angry. Just for today, I will be grateful. Just for today, I will do my work honestly. And just for today, I will be kind to every living thing. I mean, they just shouldn't be only Reiki principles. Those are things that people They're should beautiful. live by every day. Yeah, and being kind to every living thing is sometimes hard for me, cause especially with that like five-inch spider I found in my freaking garage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So the healing art of Reiki is actually passed from one Reiki practitioner student by attunement from a lineage of Reiki masters. It is only passed from one Reiki master to the next. You must go through an attunement from a Reiki master. So it's not something you can just learn out of a book. It's a sacred ceremony. And this has been passed down from Yusui mm-hmm. all the way down to me. It's you. a gift. Right. Mm-hmm. So we are within this lineage, and I feel like that's very sacred. And even though some of the aspects and practices of Reiki have changed throughout the years, those core principles, like what Mandy just read just for today, those things they have kept sacred, and I love that. Mm-hmm. So in my practice, I use the chakra system, and we did an episode on the chakras a few episodes back. Not everyone's going to use the chakra system, but this is something that I find is a very easy way to map people's energy that they can understand. When I had done acupressure classes a while back, that was very difficult to learn like all the meridians, all the organs, all the different pathways, all the acupoints. This is seven main chakras along the vertical body. You know, you start at the root going all the way up to the crown, so it's the root chakra, the sacral chakra, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat, third eye, and crown. So as a practitioner, we are actually going to just kind of scan over with our hands, not even touching their body, scan over their body about two inches to sense the energy. Okay, so, so they're, they're fully clothed. They're fully They're clothed. laying there just probably with their eyes closed, relaxing. Right. Let's just kind of go through that. I mean, what does the Reiki session look like from beginning to end? Mm-hmm. Before your session even starts, we prepare for you to come. Yeah. How long does it usually take you to prepare? Probably about 15 to 30 minutes, depending yeah. on... It's gotten faster for me. At the beginning, it was hard because I had to connect yeah. with the Reiki. So we Reiki our room, cleanse our rooms, probably sage it, you know. Getting ourselves grounded and in, in the moment, present. Absolutely, yes. And I even sometimes, if I have time, I will meditate on my intentions mm-hmm. to connect with their energy even prior to their arrival. There's but, usually like a massage table. Yeah. Well, And I also cleanse all the th- tools that I'm going to use. So if I'm going to use crystals or singing bowls or my drum mm-hmm. and the table, so I'm going to smudge and cleanse all of those things as well. So then, you know, I usually like to let my clients know that there are some preparations that they can do days or the night prior to their Reiki session. I always recommend that that they eat clean, that they stay hydrated, that they try to get a good night's rest, and they could even meditate to try to connect, you know, put in some intentions on what they're hoping to accomplish during the session. So why would you see someone for Reiki, you might have pain. It may be chronic pain that you have. You might have stress. Emotional, physical pain. It could be either one. Right. It could be blockages 
It could be unprocessed emotions, trauma, PTSD. Yeah, it's good for anyone. It could just mm-hmm. be that you want to relax for an hour. You know, I saw this quote that I wanted to share, and I feel like right now is a good time. It said, the best and most efficient pharmacy is within your own system. Oh, I love that. By Robert Peel. Oh, that's great. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Because that's what it is. This pharmacy that's within yourself can help you with any of those pains that you're experiencing, emotional or physical. The day of your session, you'll want to take a few minutes just to check in with your body, your mind, and soul, and just kind of sense how what you're feeling before the session, so that way you have something to compare it to afterwards. Yeah. You have to have pain to, to get Reiki. Reiki is right. something you should do even if you're you know, constantly feeling serenity and peace. Just keep your energy balanced. And so it's not for people that you know are having issues or problems. Right. Everyone. And, and I also want to add that you can do Reiki on an animal, on small children, oh, yes. on yeah. adults, on teenagers, I'm, on oh elderly, yeah. on everything has energy. You can do Reiki on, on anything and everything. Right. I, I like to send Reiki to the past and to the future. Mm-hmm. And really, when I say that I like to send it, it's an intentional prayer. Yeah. If we're sending energy. You're mm-hmm. sending energy with intentions. What is that to you? That's a prayer. Mm-hmm. But call it what you want. All it is is energy work. In fact, there's other modalities. There's one called the healing touch. Mm-hmm. It's almost identical to Reiki. Of course, there's no Reiki attunement process in some of those principles. But the practitioner is sensing the energy and, and seeing if there's any... You know, so when I say sensing the energy, so if you're scanning over the body with your hands and you've been trained in Reiki, what you're looking for is any kind of change in maybe temperature over their body or your heaviness or resistance. You might feel tingles in your fingers. You might feel um, nothing. So you're just trying to get a sense of if, is there a difference as you're scanning up and down the body of what you're sensing in your hands? And I will say that a lot of people are very skeptical of this. I I wanted to share an experience I had when I took your Reiki 2 class. Okay. I remember when me and uh, the other person that was in the class were put on the opposite sides of the room. Yeah. And, you know, I had never put myself into a place of such awareness around someone else's energy, but you had us close our eyes and walk towards each other. Mm-hmm. And then the second I could feel like her aura, her aura. and her energy yeah, around me. It. And it was like, boom, yeah, uh, like this force. Right. And so now that I have awareness around that, I can actually stand by people and go places and feel, feel and yes. sometimes see right. their energy coming off of them. So, so when it is said that if you've received a Reiki attunement and you've gone through the process of taking Reiki 2, you will become a Reiki practitioner and you will be attuned to this into your hands. And then you become like a, an instrument for your clients so you will be able to assist in their healing. Now, what does a Reiki session look like? You are usually laying down on a massage table, maybe sometimes offered a blanket, eye pillow, so that way you can further relax. There might be meditation music You know, most people that have been on my table tell me that it's very relaxing. Mm -hmm. Some fall asleep. My daughter, Trenna, always tells me that she sleeps through the entire night after a session. Yes. My husband always falls asleep. And then I've had some people had some very spiritual um, visions and awakenings while they're there and felt presence of loved ones 
Um, I've also had them say that they felt um, tingling or hot or cold. Yeah. And that even though they have like the bean bag over their eyes, that they actually could feel where we were mm-hmm. at what point. But a lot of times, just like you, because I've learned from you, you start out with some nice music in the background and maybe with a guided meditation to help them to be present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just to get them down to those theta brainwaves that we've mm-hmm. talked about in the past episodes because that's when you're not resisting. Yeah. So if you're able to just completely let go and be present and just surrender to the moment and be yeah. right there and let your no body... No expectation. Yeah. What happens is, is that you're more able to receive the healing mm-hmm. and so you have a better result. And if you're thinking and all that it's kind of just like we've said with meditation just let those thoughts come in and out and just refocusing on your breath mm-hmm. and so another thing that you may experience that I experienced with one of my sessions is if you have crystals placed on you you may feel the energy of those stones I had one time on my sacral chakra I swear it felt like like I was boiling like bubbles mm. like like it was insane yeah I was like oh my god what did she put on my you know with your sacral chakras right below your belly button I can remember uh, a time where I had a blockage in my throat chakra oh yeah and when you were pulling out the energy and balancing it I literally started to gag and feel yeah. like I was gonna vomit that is common mm-hmm. yeah So we also will sage or smudge your aura because, of course, you're an energetic being, and so you have energy that's coming off of you. We might even do the singing bowl or drumming around you to help ground you or raise your energy. Mm Mm-hmm. So we might use to... a rattle or a shaker to clear your... We also yep. sometimes use... Well, not sometimes. I always use a pendulum. Yep. Yep. Um, to... Uh, place over your chakras to see if they are uh, going excessively, moving excessively, or if they're blocked or if they're closed even. Right. Chakra means wheel, so it's going to move in the direction of the, the way the energy is going. And so we'll be able to see if there's if they're open, closed, blocked. And like Mandy said, see how big or small they are. And what you're wanting is a balance. You're wanting them all to be the same. Mm-hmm. You're wanting them to be the same size. I often feel the heart chakra is always way bigger. Mm-hmm. I tell my clients, the best thing you can do is imagine that heart energy and mm-hmm. kind of spread it throughout your body. You have too much on the chest, which would mm-hmm. be anxiety. You know what's interesting is I think that a lot of times our higher self already knows subconsciously where this blockage is and what we need. Yeah. But we just don't take enough time in this crazy life. Yeah. Because I know that you don't do this, but and I don't know why I started doing this, but a lot of times when the client goes into the room and I put a blanket on them, get uncomfortable, but before they do that, I have them, I lay out all my stones and I have, I leave the room and I say, just pick one that you feel attracted to. Don't pick it because it's beautiful. Don't pick it because I want you to just, whatever is pulling you in. Yeah. And they grab it. And then I have them put it off to the side so I don't see it. And it is so crazy. At the end of every session, it aligns with where their blockages were. It's like they knew what they needed. Yeah. It's really awesome. Absolutely, they know. Mm -hmm. It's just connecting with that. Mm -hmm. People don't take the time just to connect with their their body and the messages that their body is trying to send them. And and they're using their intuition. They don't trust it. And this really will open you to that. And another thing that I think is important is to mention that you 
Um, always start by connecting to whoever I do, whoever I believe my higher power is. Mm-hmm. And I just ask them to guide me yeah. or my spirit guides or um, whoever my client's guides are. Yeah. I mean, it could be Jesus. It could be Buddha. It could like, be. Call on your Yeah, it could be. Guidance. Mine was my brother one time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it's absolutely universal. So it's whatever you believe in, however you connect, that's what you're going to want to do. The sessions can vary in time. I mean, I think every session is different. So just because you had one session that might be very emotional, the next one might not be at all. And one session might show that your crown chakra is messed up and the next one could be that your root is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, there's no way to predict exactly how your session is going to go. So that part is is not even something that we can, um, as Reiki practitioners, control. We are just the facilitator, like Mandy said. We are literally just being guided by your energy. Once your chakras are opened, you need to really focus on that protection. So I always tell my clients they need to put that unfuckable bubble, like Mandy calls it, around their body. And also to be grounded at the end and, mm-hmm. and just imagining those roots at the bottom of your feet to keep you grounded. Because a lot of times you leave Reiki and you're like, woo, like, oh my gosh, I feel high. Mm-hmm. I'm like, good. Next time you want to get high, come and see me then. <laughs> this is a <laughs> Yeah, you know, life. I felt that way three times in my life. Uh, once after I did EMDR, one time when I did my past life regression, mm-hmm. And then when I did Reiki, and I'll tell you why I think, because universally, all three of them took me out of ego into soul. So it took a while for me to get back into myself. It does. I remember, this was so cool, but I had this client and he says to me, what what am I feeling? I've never felt anything like this before. Mm -hmm. I feel so tingly. What is this? I was like, that's your soul. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And he was like, I've never felt anything like this before. And I was like... Aw, like you have never been to church before and, you know, like Like the spirit. spirit. (laughs) I mean, that's basically what it does sometimes feel like. And, you know, most sessions, I'll have to say also that when I'm at the crown chakra, it is very common for loved ones to come through. Mm -hmm. So your crown chakra is at the top of your head and that is connected to spiritual world right to the spiritual world whatever you believe in and often you're either spirit guides will will come angels loved ones spirit animals spirit animals yes i i will always ask like if i if i do connect do you want do you want me to let you know i've never had anyone say no yeah yeah (laughs) and actually i'd say nine out of ten times they know exactly who it is when i describe it to them yeah of what i'm feeling sometimes i see lights Mm mm-hmm Sometimes it's just colors. Sometimes I just get like a message. Yeah. Like remember that time I got a message about a king? (gasps) And then the client had a family member that was... Last name was King. King. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. So yeah, and working um, as a Reiki practitioner will definitely open you up as well. So, you know, I know Mandy and I's intuition both skyrocketed after we start connecting more with Source. Yeah, I mean, even just now talking about it, my ears are going crazy. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's true. The more yeah. you talk about stuff like this, the more mm-hmm. you are so your soul's just like on fire. Mine's on fire right now. Yeah, just talking yeah, about my it. ears. Yep. Yeah. And because you're becoming so open, you are also 
open to expand your spiritual practice. And I found with myself, I was even starting to be attracted to other healing modalities. I have actually added into my practice a lot of what I have learned in some in the shaman class that I took. So, I mean, I feel like I'm not limited to one healing practice. I feel like if this is your purpose, you are a light worker. And if you find yourself exploring more than one healing practice, more than one method or modality, that's okay. I mean, make it your own. This is, there's no rules. You have to follow what your soul is telling you to do. And one other practice that I did learn within my Reiki class, it is cord cutting. Sometimes there's negative energy that I sense around people too. And sometimes I sense that they have cords that need to be cut. Yeah, I was going to ask you about cords. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that's not practiced on at every session either. So some people will come to me and say, I have a cord to a person. What does that mean? A cord is just energy that you haven't been able to release. You know, that reminds me of a writing I did once about how I had all of these cords. and I call them strings, like yes. attached to people. And I couldn't twirl and dance in life because yeah. I had too many connections to other people's shit. Right. Or even too many connections to your past. Yeah. And that's what these cords were. So you can picture yes. yourself trying to twirl in happiness and you're getting tangled and stuck. Yeah. So that's what a cord, you know, to me right. kind of represents. I picture myself being almost caught up in this web of the past and trauma and pain. And it's so true. It's just a, a, a connection. A, and, and Right. A, talking like an, an old relationship that you're still, yeah. not, you know, you're still connected to and that you need to get over. So uh, we all have cords. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all have cords. But too many of them are weighing people down. Yeah. You know, so letting, being willing to let those go. And that's all just with intentions. Any kind of unprocessed emotions could be cords, you mm -hmm. know, from the past. Healing doesn't mean that the pain never existed itself. In fact, it means that the damage just no longer will control you. Let me just say that Reiki is not a substitute for medical or psychological treatment, but Reiki can be a very beneficial complementary addition to any healing process that you are going through, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, it is a great addition to any therapy. And even if you just need to relax, Reiki is so relaxing, refreshing, and like Mandy said, can really bring you into balance like, and can help you reconnect to your soul and also can open you up to your spiritual gifts, all of your clairs. So what to expect after Reiki? Most people feel very relaxed afterwards, but when you start clearing out old energy, sometimes old stuff pops up. But this truly is part of the healing process. Yeah. I usually recommend for my clients that afterwards plan to just kind of relax and take it easy. Taking a bath, an episode. Yeah. Maybe doing some meditation and just connecting with your healing and your spiritual growth. Yeah, and I feel like we live in such a world of um, where things have to be broken down in these more simple ways, and I loved this. A gifted scientist named Fritz Albert Popp discovered and found a way to measure energetic activity, which occurs between each and every cell in the human body. It is not only a network of energy, but a network of pure communication, hardware. We call this the body and software, which we call the, your energy. So I love that because picture yourself, like we all use computers, you know, picture this like 
your body is your hardware and your software is your energy. I liked that. Just an easy yeah. way to kind of met a metaphor to break down like how to picture ourselves. We yeah. are a system. We are a system. Pure communication. So how often to get Reiki? I mean, I think that's up to you. Yeah. Um, how much does a session cost? Usually, I'd say it averages between around $60, but it can go as high as like $100 or yeah. more. Or, yeah. you know, I always like to do mine on a scale where... You, you know, this, my session is $60, but if you can't afford that, you know, then you pay what, what you can. And then when, you know, you can pay $60, you do. So I have to say, there are a lot of people out there that would say, this sounds some like some voodoo witchy shit. Right. Oh, crystals and sage yeah. and calling in spirits and yeah. like, what, what would you say about that? Yeah. Did they experience that? Mm-hmm. Or were they just told that? Is that okay. just something a belief system that has been passed down and conditioned? I mean, honestly, I would have said that. I had some issues when I first, because I am from a Catholic Christian background. I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this. My grandma might be rolling over in her grave. But then as I experienced, I realized I was getting closer with my soul, having a stronger connection with Source, God. I became more spiritual. Mm-hmm. I became healed yeah. through it. A lot of people can trust some pharmaceutical man-made uh, yeah. pill that was made up With in a, a pharmacy different chemicals. Yeah, and but this is just, we don't even touch you. No. It's just your higher self or your higher power um, helping you to... Connect to your con- body. I mean, yeah. you're connecting to your energetic field, your soul, your your purpose. It awakens your energy changed my life. I'm so grateful that I was put into a position where I was taught about it because it has literally changed my life. It's changed my emotional pain. It's helped with healing my physical pain. Yeah. It has made me aware of myself and my energy. And Sounds like body, mind, and soul. Connection. Just said. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's what it. it is. Connects you. And, you know, I want to tell our listeners also, when you feel anxiety, think of it as energy. This is a lot of energy. And be aware that sometimes we've just labeled things negative, but it's not always negative. It could actually just be that you, one of your chakras is excessive and that you need some balance. Right. And it is. It's a beautiful map that we were given. Those messages that your body's trying to send you as pain or that are screaming out for you, we just take medicine and numb them away. When, during Reiki, we're having you connect with that mm-hmm. and discover mm-hmm. what it is that you truly need. Try it. If you haven't experienced it, how, how do you know whether you'd like it or not? Find your local Reiki master. And if you're interested, actually, in learning Reiki to be able to practice it or just even for yourself, you guys can contact me. And I think we're going to be doing a class in January. So I'd love to have you. That is if you're in Aurora, Colorado. But you can find that information at our website at www.mysenseofsoul.com. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yep. Next week, we are doing our episode on how to de-stress through the Christmas holiday. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bell rock. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.